Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Malarkey Podcast. Brought to you by our sponsor, Pop-Up Podcasting. Right here in Ottawa, Ontario, check them out at popuppodcasting.ca. My name is Hartley Parent, and joining me as always is your co-host, Kyle Turk. Is marketing a myth? Is it manipulation? Do they just want my money? The simple answer is yes, money does make the world go round. But there's also another element to this industry, and just as it is with any industry, there's always a few bad apples. But somewhere in that orchard of ideals is the ever-growing tree of integrity. Or as we like to call it, the no-bullshit tree. As we all know, confidence is key, but knowledge is power, and truth tends to stem from knowledge. However, there's a fine line between being knowledgeable and being confident, and this is where the bullshit comes into play. There's so many out there who think they know what they're talking about, and if they're confident enough in what they're telling you, you might actually end up believing them. However, just as it applies to almost every facet of life, once the bullshit is sold, it's hard to get a refund. Our goal here on the Marketing Malarkey Podcast is to siphon the facts through the fiction to help you determine for yourself the truth about marketing and some of the key trending topics. But before we get to today's topic, there's a few things we'd like to chat about that are trending in the marketing and social media world. And uh, one of those things is the... uh the latest trend of the ice cream challenge, also known as the picking up things and just licking them and uh, putting them back. And I guess that's a new viral challenge that's been around for a few weeks now. It seems very bizarre and obscure, but so is every other viral challenge that exists. Gentlemen, yeah. any thoughts? Yeah, when you mentioned this, I actually, I consider myself a big social media guy and I had to look it up. I didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, so when you mentioned it, I looked up licking things in Google, and of course, first thing that pops up is just news and people getting arrested and licking <laughs> all sorts of things from fruit in the grocery store to shelves in Walmart. Pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't heard of this at all. So this really? is amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's it's, yeah. it's super weird. You should definitely Google it as I soon as we're will. down here. And, yeah, because yeah, it's. Yeah, that's it. Sounds awesome. I mean, clearly a wicked idea. Like, hey, if I can lick it, I can pick it, right? You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's wild what people do for fifteen minutes of fame these days. Yeah. They're willing to, you know, that could basically ruin your career. You're the guy that gets arrested for licking something in a grocery store, and you know that's going to stick with you for life when people try to Google your name. So good luck getting a high profile job for all these guys doing it. Unless you're you're going to try and get a job, you know, doing something really weird, and they're like, "Hey, we want the original ice cream liquor." <laughs> yeah, maybe you could be a model in uh, Pi- for basketball. Pioneering, Robbins. yeah, pioneering the game. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to talk about why, in the last few years, has has viral trends become well? I mean, I say viral. Why have these trends become so popular? Like, what is so wrong with just life, or so boring with life that we have to do something super? strange yeah whether it's like and i you know i'm 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 all for supporting causes any any causes that's you know worth worthy of support is i can usually back it but it just seems like there's a lot of dumb shit that's exactly it why why all the dumb things so you just i don't i don't understand it yeah well well, i think with social media everybody loves the spotlight now because you can track your spotlight how much influence you have in the digital world so i think people get kind of triggered by that and you know they want to test it out they want to see can their video get more views than their friends? And they're basically willing to do whatever just so they can get a little bit of fame out of it. Yep. Uh, maybe grow their Instagram following, that kind of thing, and then become an influencer in the social realm. And actually, I was mentioning to you, Hartley, the, uh, there's an ice cream truck owner uh, in the States there who put a sign out that said, influencers pay double. 
he was, uh, I, I guess, tired of all the influencers coming and asking for free shit, saying they had, I don't know, 60,000 Instagram followers or a million Instagram oh, followers wow. and, and give me free ice cream. Truck. Yeah. And he's ha- he, he had enough of it. So he said influencers pay double. But I think that's what people are trying to do now. They're trying to grow their, their following and trying to get perks and life out of it. And I, do whatever that, it takes. Yeah, I think that's my guess. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I mean, it's it's part of our culture now at this point. But it just, like, how far does it go? When does it stop? Like, you know, who kind of stays on top and does it in a more of a, I guess, a, a business way where it kind of makes sense for the people that they're trying to work with as opposed to people just wanting to become influencers and just doing stupid shit like, yeah, I can go get free stuff. I'm awesome. And the notion of being an influencer, doesn't that, shouldn't that entail that you're influencing somebody for like the betterment of, of right? life in some yeah. way? You know, I, you would think like, influencer, I think that's a, one of those words that's just being tossed around now that, you know, like, I'm going to be an Instagram influencer. I'm going to be a LinkedIn influencer. Well, what does that mean? We're just really upset because we're not influencers. That could <laughs> yeah. be the case. Just three guys griping about not being influencers. Yeah. yeah. We're so old. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, cool. Um, there's uh, another topic I want to bring up. I know you got something you want to chat about here, uh, Kyle, but there was something I was reading, well, recently. You want, to, you want to talk about the LinkedIn algorithm. Remember? Oh, I was trying to think of what yeah. I wanted to talk I about. I see that look on your face. You're <laughs> I, like, was, I, I was confused. Surprised. Uh, you go ahead first, uh, and right. then you can follow up with me. Sorry, I didn't. Uh... So uh, when I first started working in the marketing world uh, a year ago, which actually hasn't been that long, but um, and, it's, and it's not even just in marketing. It's in a lot of industries in general. Um, there's been an open office concept, which was thought to increase productivity and increase office collaboration. So the idea is if you're all working in the same setting, you're bound to, you know, spark up some more ideas, get some more juices flowing, you know, have better collaboration between your team members as opposed to being blocked off into, you know, the cubicle world that's existed since like, you know, the early 80s, whatever. Um, Break down the cubicles, open up the walls, you know, just like an open concept home, which Mm -hmm. you probably know all about. Yeah, I do. We'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. Hey, did you intro... No, Greg, I haven't. So people know who he is? I haven't. We didn't so do that we, yet. we just let this, this We're just this bantering. It's yeah, amazing. So we've got, you know, Greg Campbell just kind of talking away here and nobody really knows who he is. And that's, well, well I guess we let's can. Keep, let's keep going. Let's keep yeah. talking. Yeah. Because, you know, we won't. You were going somewhere. Bill, yeah. Sorry, until, big surprise until coming Kyle yeah. rudely interrupted our, well, our flow. I just realized that our listeners probably don't know who the third voice is. It's kind of cool, though. The, the deep that's, voice. Yeah. It's well, a mystery. <laughs> now we're until down. later in the show. Sorry, Hartley, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's all good. It's all uh, good. Continue. All good. It's, it's, it's why you should have brought your computer. You yeah. have these notes. Don't cut off Hartley. <laughs> yeah, I ruined it. <laughs> um, so anyways, the, uh, the idea of these open offices, open office. Open concept open offices. Open concept offices. Thank you. And I mean, when I've, the last few businesses that I've worked at, aside from the one I'm in now, which is just one small room, the exact opposite of an open office concept. Yeah, got that right. Open concept office. Thank you. I, I got it wrong. Dead wrong. <laughs> it's too many words to put together. I threw them off when I got Yeah, you really, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. Keep it up. It's all good. Anyway, the fact is, in my experience, and I'm sure it's perhaps the same for you guys. I don't know if you've worked in these places where mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you've got a bunch of desks, a bunch of computers, everybody's sitting side by side, and you have no privacy at all. I mean, if, if you've got a sales pit over here, you've got marketing communications over here. You've got, you know, overhead over here. Everybody's working in the same area. There is no definition between, you know, I mean, you don't want a company that's siloed off, but at the same time, I would think with some industries, especially if you're in sales at all, and you're going to be talking on the phone a lot, 
you'd want a little bit of privacy. Like personally, I, I'm better at concentrating if I'm in the zone. Like I'm really good. I think I'm really good at listening to people and hearing what they have to say. But I've got, you know, people on the left, people on the right, people behind me, in front of me, all talking once, which doesn't actually happen in open mm-hmm. concepts, open office concepts. Open concept offices. Oh, I do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> You'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. One day. One day. The idea is, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's actually, it's now been proven that from a, a recent study that Harvard University did that uh, it's actually decreased collaboration and decreased productivity. So now they're saying this is probably the worst business office idea in the past, you know, 25 years. I'm sweating bullets. Here That's all right. It's so hot. It's, uh, it, I, I can speak, I think I can speak pretty well on this. There's a couple of different ways of looking at it, right? If you, if you're someone who works remotely or whatever, and you're, you come to a new city and you want to go to a co-work space, and let's say there's 10 people in the room that are all just working on their own thing. You know, they've got their headphones on, they're working, they know that you don't want to bother them. Then it's a completely different work environment in terms of co-work, right? Yep. Everyone's just like, no, they're actually here to work. Don't bother me. You know, if you have a question or you want to talk to somebody, catch them later on on a break if you really need to. But it's like it's kind of known that it's like that. But what you're talking about is, yeah, the environment where it's just like groups of people and they don't have separate private rooms or anything. And then nothing's going on. And then everyone's or I mean, there's too much going on. And then people are walking around asking questions to you and you just get no work done. The people that are excelling in open concept workspaces are the people that when someone comes up and talks to them, they tell them, look, I'm just working on something here now. I'll, I can talk to you later on. And we've, and we found that because the, our office at Blue Panda Realty, Wellington is open concept. And the one in Orleans is, it's kind of like a half open concept thing. It's just kind of like a respect people come in and they know that if your head's down and you're kind of like, you're doing your thing, if they ask you a question, you just politely say, I'll talk to you about it later. It's fine. But the, the lack of productivity, what you're talking about and collaboration is because a lot of the times it might be people that just, they don't really understand what they're trying to do and they all just kind of start talking and nothing gets done and then people lose their focus and then they go out to lunch and then they come back you know what I mean? And there's no real, they just don't have a focus on the job that they're sitting down to do. Yeah. So if you actually have that in mind, when you go into those spaces, you can do okay. I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I believe it. Like sometimes I, I would go into a, to a space and like, you know, I sit down, I try to work and then, you know, I, I, like 10 people are coming and talk to me and I'm just like, I got it. Like I have to leave the workspace to go work somewhere else, like my car. <laughs> or, or onto like a, a chat platform. Yeah. Right. That, that's another side of yeah. it too, where like you're supposed to have all this and, and, and on one hand you've, you've got maybe even too much collaboration going on or too much, what is perceived as collaboration right. is too much, just water cooler chit chat, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or on the other hand, you've got people that aren't talking at all. And like, so I've got uh, my last two jobs prior. We had, uh, well, I mean, every every place I've worked in, there's been some sort of like uh, communal chat service, right. whether it's Slack or whatever it is. And nine times out of 10, people that are sitting beside you or across from you are messaging you on Slack. And it's like, hey, <laughs> I'm right here. Like, we can talk. It's all good. That's so it's funny. almost like the fear of talking it's like people are self-conscious about yeah, having that's a conversation a, that's a whole other, in a big office yeah. space right that's crazy slack's actually a great tool yeah no it's it's wonderful yeah, yeah it's, I, I could see it. it's it's you know you know i mean you, you could hear it over and over on any like any other podcast i think <laughs> just talking about they just talk about focused work you know what i mean like 
scheduling your time, know what you're going to do. Like, even if it's like 30 minutes, just sit down, get it done. Like, and if you just focus on it and get it done, put your headphones on, keep your head down. No one's going to bug you. You'll get it done. And you can just got your freedom to go bug other people after you're done with your focused work. Go focus on being collaborative maniac and disrupting them all. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it also depends on what type of person you are and how how you work. Right. So for me, I've never worked in an open concept, but I've shared an office before. And when I share an office, I make all kinds of weird noises. I talk to myself. I sing little Dirk, Rick Ross, you know, that kind of stuff. Of course. And, you know, sometimes I'll catch the person in the office beside me uh, looking at me like, what is going on over there? Yeah. Like, how do you expect me to work? And it's uh, it's not on purpose. It's just like... Something that you do. Subconscious. Yeah. That's just how, when I work, that's what I do. I just, I'm really annoying to work with. So if you throw me in the middle of an open concept... Everyone hates uh, you. Yeah, I, I don't or think would that's hate a, you. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a place for me. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Sweet. Cool. Um, so, and then, you know, the last topic that uh, I want to chat about is the, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about LinkedIn on this show, but, you know, I think we all utilize LinkedIn quite a bit, especially more so, and it's only growing. Um, but the algorithm on there has changed. That's what you were telling it, me. Yeah, they're changing the algorithm. So you see a lot less viral uh, posts. So all the really annoying stuff that you don't know why it went viral. Some of the Gary V stuff you see too much. I've seen a lot less of it now. So I think it's, the algorithm changes have already happened. And I'm pretty pleased about it. it. It's made to be show you more relevant posts to you that you'll engage with. So a lot of the viral stuff, people, a lot of us just don't engage with it. We just keep seeing it, right? Yeah. Um, so I think they're trying to make sure our news feeds are more relevant without having to go in and change our news feed settings because that can be also really annoying so that's good that's cool good to know yeah i was i was gonna i was calling bullshit on that earlier actually i and when kyle and i were talking about this before before the pod started i, I said i think I, I i don't believe it and but then if i look on my linkedin feed i i notice there's far less influencers <laughs> just uh, showing up and you know Them again s- spitting the same you know same regurgitated yeah shit that they've been spitting for might cut that out but yeah <laughs> keep it in that's yeah. all right it's well, hard there's so much information man and like you know everybody's just trying to get their piece and we're tr- kind of trying to get it i guess but then it just gets so oversaturated you know like i yeah. have to take breaks you know like i don't I, i'm very minimal on social like compared to what i used to be i'm trying to get back into linkedin again where i was using it a lot for a while and i found it really helpful and useful and i've just kind of stopped but that's just been my life and it, I mean, it depends where you work oh. too, right? I mean, if you're working in any any industry that has anything to do with marketing or advertising, right. you kind of have, have to, to be, be in it. Yeah. In it, like you have no choice. Well, I work at Keynote Group, Executive Search and Recruitment, yeah. and you got to be on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. you got to be active. Yeah, that's you know that's our platform. Yeah. So as much as you might want to just take a step back, and you know, you see people like oh, I'm going to take a break from social media this month. Well. Have fun with that. I mean, I wish I could. I wish I really I do. Know. I just, I, I, the and the more I get into it, the the more the busier I become. And that's you know, it's the same thing with me. Like my business, I could see it when I would stop doing social because I mean, I I'm not bad at it, so I would start getting more active at it, and then all of a sudden, more people would be calling me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, I have to do this. I'm like, I have to do this. Yeah. And I I do kind of enjoying it, enjoy it, but I mean, you know, again, unless it's focused work set in like a time where I just do it kind of a little bit every day and it's just like it's all over the place and I can't I just lose my mind and then I just stop but uh anyways that's me geez I think the mystery is building up for our uh our <laughs> listeners here guest should so we uh, should it's... we intro him and move uh, into the uh 
the main theme of this pod? I think it's uh, it's 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 about time. It is about time. Uh, joining us in the studio, he's already been uh, giving his uh, his great opinions and, and and two cents on on all of our uh, random topics. Is uh, Greg Campbell? He's from Blue Panda Realty here in Ottawa. Great to have you in the show uh, as a, as a formal introduction. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to to chat with us here, Greg. Why don't you uh, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit, and and us? I'm I'm curious to know uh, the transition. So you have uh, an interesting backstory. If you want to yeah. give people a little bit of insight into you know where where life started for you I'll, back in the yeah, I'll do a, I'll do a super condensed version of it. I was. Um, I was a rapper. I was a pretty popular rapper in the early 90s when I was a young, young child. And um, then I just flew from Ottawa to Vancouver and I kept doing music. I produced a ton of music. I had a recording studio, rehearsal space, worked in the nightclubs, doing promotions, DJing, all that kind of stuff for almost 12 years, I guess. And then uh, I flew back to Ottawa, was looking for something different, and my mom was in the real estate business. So we... uh, tried to do that and it worked for a while and then you know in and out of music still doing stuff that's how I met my beautiful wife Anna now I'm working with Blue Panda Realty which as far as I'm concerned is the best uh, place to be working if you're in real estate in the city of Ottawa and why is that why Blue Panda Realty and really what I'm asking is like what sets Blue Panda's like strategy yeah. apart from say like you know a remax or century 21 yeah. or you know any of the big firms why pick blue panda like i mean you probably could go to to anywhere you know i had come from uh, a smaller brokerage in the city and then i went to work on a big team at remax and then i realized that style wasn't for me at all although the experience was amazing i met a lot of really great people and made some good friends with blue panda it was just a small boutique brokerage and just a very relaxed environment trying to do something new in the city, which is kind of how I think always outside the box, you know, looking for something different, something more as opposed to the same old kind of like real estate sales. It's like, you know, I'm not really a sales guy. I I, I guess it's just, it's what I do, but I'm more of like a, I feel like I'm more of like a guide. I'm just trying to be helpful and, you know, build relationships. And that's kind of what I found at Blue Panda. And, you know, I could just be me. Like I was free to be exactly who I wanted to be. All my ideas were accepted. Um, a lot of the stuff that I brought in with me has been implemented into the business. You know, we help build the brand to where it is now. I was agent number four. Now there's 40 of us. And I have my own office in Orleans that I just opened up with uh, with my wife, obviously along with uh, the owners of Blue Panda, Max and Irina. But, uh, but that's the kind of, I guess, freedom you could say that you that you get there. Yeah. You know, I I I paid my dues. I I shared my ideas. The vision grew, and uh, you know, I said I want to have my own my own space to be closer to my family, so that I'm not running around the city all the time. And you know, we got it. And all I'm trying to do now is bring in like-minded people that I can help motivate, help help train, help be better at the business, and not just thinking about the numbers, thinking about the people that you're actually helping and trying to make a difference like in yourself and just to humans in general. You know, we don't celebrate uh, numbers at Blue Panda. It's all based on your relationships and kind of like, like how, how would I say this? This is kind of interesting, actually. When I left Remax, I'm just kind of babbling yeah, on yeah, here. Do, but you do know, your thing, man. One of the reasons I left Remax was, well, it's not one of the reasons, but it was kind of one of the reasons. Uh, I'm not, I don't really like awards and stuff like that. It's just my personality. Yep. And um, 
you know, they, they were doing the awards ceremony and everyone's all like, you know, getting their awards and I get it, benchmarks, you want to hit your targets and stuff like that. It's a sales game. I'm like, I understand. And I got my award and I'm like, like, no, I just took it and tossed it. And I'm like, this is not for me at all. Right. And then I, you know, went to Blue Panda and like when I joined, I remember saying, uh, you know, are, is, is that going to be something that you're going to do? And he's like, and they were like, no, I don't think so. It's not what we want. I'm like, good. <laughs> I'm like, good. Cause so w- when we, when we did it, the awards went to, um, I, I got brand ambassador just because I, I promote the, the brand well. And I, you know, you don't say don't. <laughs> <laughs> marketing malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Right. But anyways, it was nice. You know, the, the people that, that got, uh, that got awarded, it wasn't based on numbers and sales. It was based on interaction and how they do their business and how they work with other people in the environment as opposed to top sale producer and stuff like that. You can just be yourself and you'll be heard and we can all talk and hang out and learn from each other. You're not going to get like what you get in a regular sales office. It's more of like a creative thinking environment. Like I wouldn't say uh, that it's a real estate brokerage at all. Like, you know what I mean? It's just not, it's not the same environment. We, we work in the world of real estate, but it's just a completely different More of world. a marketing agency. Pretty much. Yeah. It, it is almost, you know, with everything that we're doing. So talking about marketing in, in real estate, um, I guess, how, how long have you been in the business? I've actually been in the business for 12 years now, yeah. which yeah. is insane. I've been in, I say that I've been in the business completely full time for maybe five years, five or six years. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did work full time, but I just don't think my heart was in it 1000% when I started. Cause I mean, like when I met you, you know, I was still doing yeah. a lot of music stuff and everything, working in the clubs as well. Long enough yeah. to have seen a huge change. So when you started, you know, if you could compare when you started to now, how has marketing in the real estate industry changed? <laughs> Massively. Like, where can I even start with that? Park benches. That's where my mother came from, right? It's like, you know, you farm your neighborhood. I mean, you, you still do that, but I mean, it's like, it's like paper, you know, uh, the bus benches, um, like the, the real estate books, you know, that you'd, you'd pay yeah. for and then you'd pick up for free and look, look at the homes. And now, you know, it just switches to everything online, like websites are more dynamic, social media is taking huge control. And I think that a lot of people who are top producers, people, some people don't even see or know who they are. Like, it's just a completely different world. As long as you know what you're doing, you can, you can find a way to do it right. But there's a lot of really terrible marketing still and uh, like just stuff that is mind blowing to me. Are people still wrapping their cars? Yeah, people are still wrapping the, you know what? And that's not actually a bad thing. I don't, I've never, I've never been super opposed to that. No, no, like, I just, just wonder. Yeah, but pe- people are still doing it, you know, but some people will have, you know, like a fleet of 10 cars, then maybe it's a little much. I don't know. Great. I one, think some two. people do it well and some people don't. That's, I, yeah, I think that's Harley's what I mean. probably thinking of the people that put the huge face on their door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of cheesy and awkward. Where if it's more of the brand. It's more type, of the brand and yeah. a slick look. Like we were talking yeah. about wrapping my wife's car because the, the new branding for Blue Panda just came out and it's, yeah, it's, nice. like it's, a, it's amazing. It looks fantastic, right? But yeah, but it's one of those things, right? Even, even us, we were like, do we, do we do that? But then we were like, like you're saying, if it's done right yeah. and where we're bringing people to through it, I think once they see it, it makes more sense, right? Again, because most of it's done as. Oh, what do you, what, what, you know, your name on the car, what are you doing? Oh, it's sales. And, and I'll say like, your home sold yeah. in this amount of time. Like yeah. it says it right on the car. It's like, no, it's like, really, it, it, is it really going to be sold in that amount of time? 
Like we can get into that too. <laughs> the bullshit that gets you in the door, but right? Doesn't actually go any further than that. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. There's so many little tactics that, and I can't believe some of them still work. People still make the calls and you know, your home sold or, or will buy it. It's like, sure. I'll buy your house too for $50,000 less than we listed it for if it doesn't sell. But people, you know, they get them in, they do the pitch, sign up. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes you do get a great relationship out of it. But, uh, you know, it's just that initial thing. For me, it's a little too much. So what, what do you find uh, works the best? Like, what do you find has been great uh, strategy or tactics just for you? Just being yourself, always. And I, my business has grown even more since I stopped even trying to think about trying to, like, sell anything or try to present anything other than myself. You know, a lot of my business is past clients or referrals, so it's a little, little bit easier when you do that. But even when I, I meet new people, like I used to do presentations where, you know, you come in, you got your, you got your stats, you got, you know, your numbers and all this stuff. You got like your, this is what I'm going to do for you. And, you know, this and that or whatever. And then I, I turn, turn it into whenever I talk to somebody the first time, I just say, look, we're going we're gonna to have two meetings. I'm going to come in on the first time. And, I go, and that is just going to be a conversation. I go, we're going to look at your house if it's a listing. We're going to look at your house. We're going to sit down and we're going to decide if we even want to work together. I go, that's the first step and then people are usually like oh yeah that's cool i'm like yeah because you might you might not want to work with me and i might not want to work with you i go let's just make sure that we're on the same page right and totally transparent yeah <laughs> that the transparency that word that i hate using but uh you know sometimes you have to yeah so i do that i come back and you know i'll usually send a like a follow-up email so that they know what we're going to talk about the next time and i go in and i don't i don't bring anything like i just come and we just have a conversation, you know, they know all the numbers and what we're working with from the email, but you know, there's just no, no bullshit at all because I don't want to work with somebody if, uh, you know, there's that sense of, I'm like, you know, it's gotta be super comfortable and yeah. Yeah. confidence, you know, it's, I find a, a lot of industries, uh, are turning into less collateral. You know, once you've, you've got the lead, you've got the meeting. Yeah. I find nobody's leaving collateral behind anymore. It's kind of awkward. You know, you're coming in. Everybody's got a website. Everybody sh should have the right information on their website. Right. So it's more, you know, check out the you check out the website after. Yeah. Uh, you don't leave collateral anymore. So it's it's an interesting switch in how business is being done. I know, and we used to leave massive packages, everything, <laughs> and you know, and sometimes like the pre-listing packages, like you get the call and like you drop off this huge thing, and it's I guess there's a time and place for it, but I I mean I'm finding that a lot of people are. It's just not, it's not as expected. I don't think it's as necessary. When some, when I used to have open houses, a perfect example, you know, you, you got your feature sheets, right? People come in and they take them and then they walk through the house, they take them and they crumple them up and then they leave them on the counter on the way out, right? And I'm like, okay, so I'm spending this for that, that these uh, feature sheets. That's one thing. I go, second of all, I'm like, just like what I'm taking this, I'm like recycling this paper. It's like a super waste. So I stopped using them. And I started using the digital platform that would just, you know, when people would register on the platform, they hit the button and then they'd get a link sent with some extra information to their email. So when people would come in and they'd ask me like, oh, do you have any features? I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty much paperless right now. But if you click this and sign in here, like, you know, you're going to, and they're like, oh, that's you're pretty cool, right? Collecting leads. Also collecting yeah. leads. Is that Building sneaky? Building the database. <laughs> no, it's not sneaky. I think that's a, a very smart strategy yeah. in a way to... Anybody that you are talking to, making sure you're you're ensuring they're in your database and you can keep in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, uh, yeah, where else can I go with that? Ask me another mm -hmm. question. Harley. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you're 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 at the 
the front lines of establishing the human connection with people. Yeah. You know, you, you, you said it earlier, you're not, you're not a salesman, you're, you're, a, you're, you're a guide. Mm-hmm. And even just by saying that, that off the top, I'm thinking, well, you sound like a, a much more, sound like your, your, your heart really is in it. You know, yeah. and, and, and I mean, I think that's what perhaps maybe that, that's the big thing that separates, as, as you said, you know, like the people at Blue Panda and, and, you know, your fellow sales reps, then mm-hmm. I don't mean to say sales reps, your fellow guides, I know. Yes. house guides <laughs> from the rest of the pack, right? You yeah. Know? So it's, Girl it's, guides. Do you have cookies girl too? Girl guides, oh. maybe. If you want some, Those if you get good. some. Yeah. How, uh, Little Panda cookies. You, you were talking about how, how, you know, the, these, like these packages, you know, the, these, these, um, sales packages mm-hmm. and all that paperwork. I mean, is that still a prevalent thing or has everything kind of gone digital now? There's a lot of people that still use them. Yeah. There's a lot of people that still use them. And the interesting thing, and, and I think uh, this is a good point to bring up, talking about paper and talking about big brands, it's just the biggest crock of shit, excuse me, that uh, I, when I hear people say that or like they... They're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if it's the right brand for me. You know, I like the big name and everything. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe you aren't the right fit because, you know, clearly you don't understand that you're your brand and that your clients really don't give a shit who you work for unless, you know, if they go on to a, if they were just Remax, they would call Remax and say, I want the best Remax agent. Put me in touch with your best Remax agent, right? It wouldn't be like a referral that goes to, you know, goes to Hartley. You know, then it's like, oh yeah, wicked. I got, I got Remax behind me. That's yeah. why I got the deal. It's like, no, it's like, you got it. Cause your buddy knows somebody or someone, you did something and then you got put together. Yeah. Or even if you get a lead online, no one gives a shit. If you can help them find a house, if you can like, you know, guide them through yep. the process, then they don't care where you're at. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. So you're talking a lot about your network. Uh, how do you find, uh, what are the best ways to grow your network? In real estate? Yeah. I mean, you know, funny story. So I used to, I do well in a social environment. I don't like going out that much anymore. You know, I just like being at home with my wife and kids and just doing my own thing. But then, so last night my buddy was visiting from out of town and we ended up at, uh, we ended up at Moxie's in Orleans and I had no idea like Wednesday is like, it's the hot spot. So it's, it's wine Wednesday. It's wine Wednesday. Yeah. So it was like, so it was like a Friday night, right? I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? Right? And then finally, like, dude, it's wine Wednesday. And I'm like, okay. But I handed out, I handed out like 10 business cards to actually cool people who I had conversations with, like quick conversations. But they were all like, I was telling them, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm at the new office. They're like, no way, you've got your own office. And they looked at the car. They're like, I love the branding. They're like, no way, cool, I'll call you. And I was like, so I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, look, I'm like, we're a local business. I go, we're going to Moxie's every Wednesday night just to hang out and get to know some more of the locals. I couldn't believe it. But I mean, yeah, building your network, that's how I used to do it. You know, you do all sorts of, you try all sorts of different things. But I mean, I just find I've built up such a good network through friends and through relationships. I mean, Facebook has always been a strong one, but just my referral base has grown so much just through past relationships and past business and stuff. So that's like, you know, my network and I have a great relationships with most, most realtors. Um, you know, there's still a few clowns, but, uh, overall I think we're, we're all right. (laughs) Would you you say it's your, your personality that, that sells more than anything? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, here's a question for you. Purple Bricks. Yeah. Um, so I know they have a presence here. What kind of marketing do they do that you think works or doesn't work? Like, what? how do you compete? Because they're obviously there. They're the one that doesn't, you don't require an agent to sell your home, for example. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, purple bricks, that's a, that's a whole, that's a big can of worms. The bottom line on that and the reason I won two listings, I was up against purple bricks for two listings and I won both of them, you know, and the main thing is, is like, okay, so how did, how did, how am I, why am I in your living room? You know, cause someone that they trust called them and told them to call me. And then now I'm in their living room. And then they're talking about, you know, and I'm like, how did you find about purple bricks? And they're like, well, because of all the ads on TV. I'm like, right. I'm like, they're spending all their money on ads to make you think that they're the best and that they're the most powerful and they, they're most impressive because they're spending all this money. I go, but who, who are they really helping? I'm like, do you know anyone that worked with Purple Bricks that told you to go work with them? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, there you go. I'm like, so you've just made your decision. Mic drop. <laughs> I've actually never heard of Purple Bricks, but, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, if... if some of us haven't heard of these viral challenges. I don't feel so bad. Yeah, I didn't hear about the licking thing. So, yeah. so that's, yeah. In fact, when you said purple bricks, I'm like, what the hell is yeah, he purple, going with Yeah, purple bricks. I mean, we could talk about that for, forever. It's a, it's an interesting model. Uh, I'm not going to say it's, it's bad, like they're successful, but it's just a completely mm-hmm. dip backwards way from what I'm trying to do, you know, or what we're doing at Blue Panda. Yeah, per, I mean, personally, I would never use it. I like having that relationship and yeah. having somebody you can rely on. And I think some of the great real estate marketers are able to portray that, that the the true value behind yeah. having an agent compared to just a random website. So, I mean, I yeah, would, there's no, there's no yeah. relationship at Purple Bricks. It's yeah. a zero relationship uh, model. You know, if we can back up just a, a bit here, you were saying about how you're a very, you're a very social person. Mm-hmm. You know, you love, you love connecting with people, meeting with people, you know, like reestablishing, reaffirming that human connection. Yeah. Um, but you also say as, you know, obviously as, as you get older, you're, you want to spend more time with your family. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, I completely agree, completely understand that. I think, you know, we're all in the same boat there. You know, I mean, the busier our lives get, time is a factor in life, right? You know, it's, it's, and it's who you spend that time with. Right. It's the most defining aspect probably of your life. Um, my parents, they used to do a lot of like flipping homes outside of Peterborough. And I remember seeing and meeting and just becoming like more or less like family friends with a lot of real estate agents back home. And I remember vividly that they were working tireless, tirelessly night and day. It's like their jobs don't have any oh, yeah. set defined hours. You are quite literally, somebody calls you up at, you know, like not two in the morning, but you know, nine o'clock at night and they want to go see a house or they want to see a house the next day or they, you know, they've got a an offer they want to throw in or, so you know, whatever the case may be, it just seems like that type of job is, is just never ending. Is it still the case today? I mean, with, with what you do? If, if you want it to be, it can be. Okay. Like if you're, if you're a young hotshot that wants to hustle his ass off and go out there and kill it, his or her, and uh, then you, you can do that. But uh, I find that if you don't take the time to respect yourself, then you're just going to burn out like super fast. You know, for me, in certain scenarios, like I'll tell people, like I I don't answer my phone after eight o'clock. Like I turn it off unless we're in like a negotiation, and like you know, then it's of course it's it's on. But I mean stuff like that. I make it very clear from the beginning. I'm like these are these are my rules. I go, you tell me what works best for you. I go, but these are something that I don't sacrifice for anyone. Cool. You know, and I mean, like I said, there's people that will just work all hours. I I just can't. I can't do that. I think I've done it long enough that I don't have to, but I mean, I think if everyone kind of took that approach, I think there'd be a lot more low stress realtors because a lot of them are very high stress. 
Yeah. You know, they can imagine. And there's, there's too much going on and they can't control it because of that, because they're trying to handle everything at the same time without taking time for themselves, which is the most important part. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're, Mm -hmm. you're screwed, right? You're just sinking, sinking ship. Yeah. I got a question. Um, in the rental industry, uh, of real estate is Kijiji still the best platform? Super valid. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm working with a listing, a rental listing, I list it exclusive and I only post it on Kijiji and I post an open house. So I'll put it up on, on Friday and I'll say open house two to four on Sunday. People just call me. I'm like, show up at the open house. I, I send everybody the applications ahead of time. By the time the open house is done, we've already chosen the applicant and that's it. And it's become very intense in Ottawa right now because there's so the rental market is, is just as crazy as the sales market, basically. So you're getting multiple offers on rentals. When it, when it goes into that environment, if you're on MLS, you're working with a realtor and someone's saying like, you know, we're going to get the best client. We're going to get the most money possible. It's like, I get it to a point, but it's like, what are you, like, what's really the purpose? You know, the conversation with me is always like, what, what do you want for the property? And then if they say, you know, I need $1,900. And then I said, okay, well, if I could get you like 1950 or 2000, would that, would that be good? And it's like, that would be incredible. So then you know that, you know, you promote it as such online. You don't sit there, take and wait. You look, you look at the best. You just go all, anyways, I'm, I'm getting way too deep in it here now. There's like such a big screening process now that has, has left a lot of people like homeless and bid out of even the rental market. They're looking for like the perfect client who's making like $150,000 a year and, you know, has $50,000 in the bank and stuff like that. Cause the screening is just so intense. I'm mm-hmm. just always like, let's just find the best person yeah, and not sit there and cry and fight about the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Who's going to take care of the property? Cause I know so many horror stories of renters just trash in the place yeah. and. It's an interesting environment, man. Yeah. I don't know, but Kijiji is still like by far the, the leader. As far as I'm concerned, there's Kijiji, then there's like Zumper, Pad Mapper. Hadn't heard of those ones. Yeah. No, no, sir. Yeah. I mean, you can put your house up on your own and just do it like that. But that is, you know, the advantage of working with the realtors that are, we screen mm-hmm. way more detailed than most people would, right? As, as far as yielding the best results, like, would you say that those kind of like, not that Kijiji, Kijiji is traditional in, in today's world, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, in the last, you know, 10, 15 I don't know how long Kijiji's been around now for. It's sometimes I forget how long the internet's been around now for. <laughs> forget about my age sometimes too. You know, it's just like sometimes it just it it, it still feels like it's like 2005 it was a couple of years ago. You know, and then I don't know if you guys get that, but yeah. What what vehicles uh, yield the best results versus traditional tactics? Uh, as we we were talking about earlier, you very know, good question. The sign wrapping. I'll tell the you. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you guys. Okay. Yeah. So okay, that was the question. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you know, the hottest thing is still the face-to-face, the referrals, past client, keeping in touch, following up. Uh, that's always going to be the best way to build your business and build the strong, powerful business and network that can roll with you forever. Yeah. That when you have other agents working with you, you know, they will, you know, these people will gladly accept if you say, you know, I, I'm not available for you right now but this is someone else who's I've been, I've been mentoring or whatever. They'll work with those people. Like if you build that rapport, then you can kind of, you're so powerful that you can do whatever you want, you know, within reason, obviously. Yeah. But the other thing that's very powerful right now on online marketing is, um, online lead generation tools, landing pages, et cetera. And like the amount of money and the amount of business coming out of that 
has expanded massively in the last few years. When I started using it, it was like, you know, you'd, you'd go on, you, you, you pay this company, they put up an ad for you, they do your Google AdWords, the leads come in, you get on the phone, you call the lead. A lot of them are garbage, but you just, it's numbers game, right? So you try to convert maybe three to 5% of them based on what, what you're spending isn't bad, especially if you're keeping it all in your pocket. But then the other way of, of doing it is you can have what's called an inside sales agent, um, inside sales associate or whatever, yep. and they just do all the calls, right? So they're always on the phones and then you get the lead, they get a piece out of it, but they book the appointments. And these guys are like phone, you know, like old school boiler room specialists. You know, the guys that are good are like really, really good. Yeah. So now there's companies that just do that. So you can just send, you pay for your leads, the leads go right to them. And then you just get a call and you know it's from them. And it's them saying like, yeah, your appointment's booked. Go to the meeting, close the deal. That's where it's at now. And I have something set up where I'm, I'm basically setting that, that up right now. I have one kind of going and it's really, uh, it's really interesting because it's, it's not as outlandishly pricey as it was, but, it, and it's cheaper than having somebody in house all the time. In house is obviously good because they, you know, they know the area and they, you know, they might know like what, where a street is. Oh yeah. I grew up down there. Right. Like these guys could be in the States. They could mm-hmm. be whatever, but they're getting, they're getting a lot better at it. And they know who they're calling based on, you know, area code and location and like geolocating and all the stuff. So like the tech is, the tech is just insane right now. So in terms of building your business, there's so many tools right now that you can offer your clients. Like right now, what I can offer clients is, is completely next level other than just like, you know, like I said, the face-to-face of the relationship, like tech wise, I've, I've, I've got an app, like, you know, they'll call you, they'll change all your utilities. They'll book your moving truck and shit like that. You know what I mean? And they'll, they'll, they'll send out like uh they'll send out like a, like a, like a gift, like every six months or whatever on your behalf with a little card, Wow. Wh- whether you wrote it or not. But I mean, there's companies that you pay to do that. Yeah. And the, you know, and the thing is with commission-based income, it's tough because you want to be cheap because sometimes you have to be cheap, but then it's like, you're setting yourself up for failure because you don't, you're not making enough, you're not doing as many deals. Like, well, maybe make some more deals, spend a little bit of money. And then these things just make your life a lot easier. So that in terms of like marketing and like support for real estate and everything, it's really going to this completely next level of care for your clients. And it's, it's important. And the people that are doing that now are going to be the ones that are successful in the next like five to 10 years that are just going to blow everybody out of the water, you know? Well, yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of marketing takes time. So if you can automate as many processes as you can. Yeah. It's all, yeah, the automating. The automating is massive and just having the system set up and going takes a long time to get it, to get it right. Like I'm still working on what I want, but I'm, I'm a lot closer to where, to where I need to be. And I think it's uh it's just a recipe for success as long as you're, you know, doing it the right way, but you always got to be testing, right? Constantly. Yeah. I mean, you, you know that if you're not testing and measuring, then you're just setting it again, you're setting yourself up for, for failure. You got to know. Yeah. We don't want to fail, guys. Yeah. We want to succeed. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, you can do all the testing and measuring and and, and measuring as as you want or as, as needs to be done, and collect all the data and, and automate as many systems. Yeah. But really, it really it does come down to you yes. know, who you are and how you interact it does. with these people. Yes, you know? and that's I guess what I'm saying yeah. is like if you already have that and you can add this to the game, yeah. then you're your next level, like you're rocket launching for sure. And I know there's a few people in the city that are doing things well. I think there's a few people that are doing things in a way and they're not really uh, projecting the future too much. 
which is fine. I mean, they're going for the cash and they're making a ton of it, and that's it's just a different personality. But uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to offer realtors. Like the, the ones who are good have a lot to offer, and with the right with tech and the right support, like I mean, it's just going to be a new environment, man. Every everybody needs to be informed. They need to be independent and feel like they have options, and that's you know that's what I'm trying to give them. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, and you no, go ahead. Go ahead, Harley. I was, I was just going to ask, what is that? that um, client base, that's that target audience. Like as, as we age and it's just, maybe it's just because I'm not, I'm, 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 you know, I mean, I'll be looking for my first home probably this year and, and maybe have, have to give you a call, you know, <laughs> sometime later on down the road. Um, but I think about a lot of the people I know, a lot of like my friends, a lot of, uh, you know, my, my sister-in-law's friends and, and, and her age demographic, you know, anywhere from like 19 to, to say 30, I don't know too many people in that demographic that are financially stable to right. to, to purchase a home, right. you know, in, in any major market such as Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Like you go across mm-hmm. the 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 country, and I mean, it's it is it's getting more and more difficult from what I'm reading in the in the real estate industry to to, to purchase homes at a younger age. And I just wonder who is going to be the target market, say five, ten years down the road. Is it still going? Is it going to be the 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 us generation or is it like is it the the pre baby boomer like a post baby boomer you know what i mean like it's it's i mean that's a hard question to answer because i think there's a market like every buying and selling homes people are going to be doing it forever right it okay. just depends yeah. on how it's done and depends on what's on what's happening at the time i mean i say my advice to everybody is your best friend in the in the environment we're in now your best friend is your mortgage broker okay like before you do anything, like you have to do that because there's so many people that are doing it wrong and there's so many people getting screwed by just listening to the bank, yep. going in, sitting down with the, you know, the financial planner or whatever. And like, he does mortgages too. It's like, does he? He, oh, buddy's, buddy's off Thursday, Friday. <laughs> can't, can't reach him, but we need conditions removed in two days. Right. So it's like, I tell everybody, I'm like, get a second opinion. A second opinion is free. Like just call call as many people, just get your numbers, give them your information, know what you can afford, and just start looking in that realm when you're ready to do it. It's a little bit off marketing topic, but that's no, just that's... advice to to anybody doing stuff. I mean, you know, in terms of what you're saying, like baby boomers and stuff, I mean, the old the retirement homes now are just going up like crazy. And it's scary because those are costing a fortune. And yeah. a lot of people don't have enough money put no. away either. It's <laughs> yeah. it's insane, man. There's so much going on right <laughs> yeah. now. You know, if you if you can make it work, it's good. But you really gotta take the time. I think laziness is going to become uh, a little bit passe in the next few years because you're going to need a lot more to handle your life and your humans <laughs> than your humans yeah. <laughs> around you <laughs> that you create. Yeah. So, Greg, I'll ask you one. Uh, I guess one last question here while we have you. Uh, just be respectful of your time. I know you got <laughs> offers you're trying to close. And you're on the the horn. Yeah, here, we'll but, see. I mean, yeah. uh, I think that. I hope that's done in the next twenty minutes. I'll be really happy. If I'm looking to buy a house, I want to see before I even go look at the house or do anything. I'd want to see a video of the house, yeah. at least if it's a slideshow video at the minimum. Um, how how prevalent is video in trying to sell a, a home? It's massive now. It's more so than ever. Uh, you know, I started doing videos years ago when I was even doing the like agent videos. I'd have myself in it. I don't really do it anymore. I think it's kind of turned into uh, people are over exaggerating themselves now and trying to sell themselves more than the house. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have to have videos. The 3D tour is another good one. 
3D tour is especially good for people who are not in the country or able to go, period. I don't use them all the time. Depends on what the property is, but video is generally a must. Photos, obviously. And the newest thing I've been using all the time is floor plans because a lot of homes don't have, they just don't have, like you don't have the old floor plan. If you had a, if it's a newer build, you can probably get it from the builder. But the way that these, these, these are designed and the way that they look, it's just super cool. And I think it gives people a different perspective of, you know, they can actually see it. As opposed yeah. to through photos. Yeah. 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 It's just a different, different way of looking at it, you know? Um, so anyways, I like that tool. Cool. You can see it on all my listings. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And I actually, well, I have a landing, like I have a website for every listing. Yeah. So yeah, it's pictures, video, floor plan, do that, run some ads and generate some leads. What's that landing page? Uh, how can I find that? It will know it's every listing is a different page. Oh, every li- so you oh. can actually, you, I buy the domain Snap. for the listing. I'll be done. Yeah. Okay. It's a good uh, clients really like it. Yeah. Like sellers really like it. Oh, that's... There's not a lot of people doing it the same way. We're actually doing something at Blue Panda. It's going to be a little bit more customized too to the brand. Nice. So yeah, we are we are pioneering. What a great brand ambassador. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're solid. You're solid. <laughs> um, you you were saying uh, a, a, your a mortgage agent is somebody's. You know that's that's going to be your next best friend when it comes to buying or, yeah. buying or selling a home. Well, probably just buying a home for the most part. Yeah. Um, do you have any other tips that you want to, you know, that, that are like kind of your, your go-to kind of like Oof, tips. tips for, for buying or selling, you know, like inside information that people might. Uh, yeah. My, my tips are just keep your ears shut to a lot of your friends and family. I'm like, be, if you ask them for advice, be prepared for them to screw up what you think is right. And what you think is right is the most important thing, but work with your realtor and with your mortgage broker because that's what's going to get you through it if your uncle is in your ear saying that not to buy this house because he doesn't think that this beam in the basement is you know and he's trying to do an inspection and you don't hire a professional stuff like that still happens and it's like you just if, if you're if you make a mistake make it your mistake okay but that's you know buying a house getting into the game it's it's part of life yeah you got to go through it yeah. but just work just find trusted advisors is what i'm saying yeah, don't let don't let your friends and family get in the way. I mean, you know, ask them for help, but you know, keep it uh, keep it real with yourself. Keep it real. Keep it real. Because when we don't know what keep, happens when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, right? keep it keep it real estate. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. I really like that. On that note, actually, before I got into uh, to marketing or went back to school, I I looked into real estate as yeah. as a as a career, and mainly because of this wicked catchy slogan that I thought up. <laughs> buy or sell from the heart. It's great. My name's Hartley. You know, I just kind of. That's amazing. That's amazing. Some people would love that, dude. I, I would like to think so. <laughs> An amazing little jingle. Yes. With like a heart fl- that's flying, exactly coming it, out yeah. of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's beauty. Good awesome. thing you went into marketing. I love that. <laughs> just want to close out uh, with. Uh, you know, I mean, we appreciate you having me on the show, Greg. Yeah. It's been a It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for calling me. It was really yeah. cool. Thank yeah. you. Here on the uh, Marketing Malarkey Podcast, we have a little slogan we say, the proof is in the pudding. Everything else is just bullshit. Marketing Malarkey has been brought to you by Pop-Up Podcasting. If you're interested in getting a podcast off the ground, but have been reluctant to start or unsure of where to start, we highly recommend getting in touch with J.P. Davidson here at popuppodcasting.ca. My name is Hartley Parent, joined by Kyle Turk and our guest Greg Campbell at Blue Panda Realty. Thank you for listening.